Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network in association with MSW Media. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnson. My guest today is Allison Gill of The Daily Beans and Muller She Wrote. I always enjoy talking to her. Of course, we're going to have a fun conversation but before we get into it. The Start Me Up podcast is independent, supported by listeners, and it's woman run. A great big thank you to everybody who supports the show. If you enjoy today's podcast, visit patreon.com slash startmeup. Check out all the tiers. I do include a tier with a much shorter intro and no ads. You can hear the free shows on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and they're followed up by What's Up, a show just for patrons where I talk about anything that comes to mind. It's a little more personal, kind of like my online diary. Visit patreon.com slash startmeup. And don't forget, you can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Now, please enjoy my conversation with Allison Gill. Welcome and happy birthday, Allison. Oh my gosh, thank you. How are you today? This is already, it's not even, it's still morning here on the West Coast, and we've already had so much news today. Oh my God, I know. It's been a crazy week, and so... It's like it's a very happy birthday for me today. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yeah, it's it's been absolutely insane, and I guess it is. It's it's lots of good news for democracy, even though there's some still you know Mansion is still being a dick, but whatever. We'll get to that in a minute. But uh, <laughs> but yes, yeah, good news. Okay, so before we get into all the news of the day, and we're going to go over some of the stuff that happened yesterday with Letitia James, or actually the the night before, but still. Now, have you heard this rumor? And it's just a rumor. There's nothing to back it up. But there's a rumor out there that Trump has been for decades an FBI informant. And that because of the fact that he is an FBI informant, that he would never be arrested. Have you ever heard that rumor? I have. I've talked to uh, our mutual friend on Twitter, Lincoln Bible, yeah. about that possibility. Right. Uh, quite, ex- quite extensively, as a matter of fact. So what do you think about that? Yeah, it's, it's interesting because you can be a CI, a criminal informant, for mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. Uh, and then be taken off the CI list mm-hmm. um, where you're no longer a criminal informant. And some, you know, some of the – he clearly doesn't have immunity for the Trump organization, mm-hmm. at least going, going back to the – early 2010s because of the Trump organization and Alan Weisselberg indictment from the Manhattan district attorney's office. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also don't know if federal criminal informants are immune from local and state prosecution. I'm not quite sure how that works. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I, I have also heard rumors that there are going to be superseding indictments on the Trump organization and probably Weisselberg coming out of the Manhattan district attorney's office, but not yet Donald Trump. And so I don't know if that's because mm-hmm. they're just waiting to get the, the correct, cause you know, he's always insulated himself. He never writes mm-hmm. anything down, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm basically waiting to see if he can, if he can be indicted. Hmm. Wow. So now let's back up for a minute. You mentioned that they could be taken off that list of criminal informants. Would that mean that he is then, uh, you know, available to be indicted? Does that mean he can be indicted or does does he always get protection? It would be for past crimes, right? Because you can't immunize someone from future crimes. Gotcha. So like, let's say okay. you have a criminal informant who's been informing for you for 10 years and then that guy goes out and murders someone. Right he's not immune from that from that crime and so i think that 
I, what what we may be looking at, and this is just speculation, is that he was pulled off the you know criminal informant list if he was on it to begin with yeah. a while ago, and so any oh. crimes that occurred subsequent to that, he he would be culpable for. I I would imagine, uh, but you know I, I I would have to ask some of my more like inner law enforcement mm-hmm. pals like Andy McCabe or Pete Strzok, like what it means to be a criminal informant. We know Carter Page was an informant. Yes, yes, But then, yes. They put a, then they put a FISA out on him. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's um, kind of juicy. And ex- well, that's good to know. And, you know, I mean, I think it was Lincoln's Bible that I first heard this from. And last night I did Zev Shalev's show on uh, uh, narrative TV, and he brought that up. And he said that he thought Trump would never go to jail, at least, n- uh, well, I guess for, I think he was specifying 1-6, but... He said he would never go to jail just because he was an informant. And now I can't predict. I would not be surprised if Donald Trump never goes to jail. I wouldn't be surprised. But on the other hand, I do think it's possible that we could see because there are just like a freaking myriad of of charges and allegations and uh, eventual indictments. And I think at some point it may catch up to him, especially, you know, we all hear the RICO charges for mobsters are usually what get them. And, you know, we're going to get into the, the, the James story in a minute. But, um, but even before that, I just want to throw out there, some of the stories that we've been seeing coming down today is the January 6th committee says the panel expects next to ask in Ivanka Trump to cooperate with the investigation. I think people think that Ivanka would flip on her father. And I think, you know, we'll see what happens and we'll see how far she goes because she's got to protect herself. But as far as her father, I mean, would you agree that she would, like, flip so quickly? I don't know. And, you know, this is a letter from, from the 1-6 committee. It's not a Department of Justice right. subpoena. That's true, uh, yeah. Although we don't know if she's been subpoenaed or not by the Department of Justice. We don't know anything that's going on with the Department of yeah. Justice. Um, but uh, I, I honestly don't know because we know that Donald, the only acceptable way to respond to the 1-6 committee in Donald died mm-hmm. is, is to completely ignore them like <laughs> yes. Bannon did. Yeah. He doesn't even want you to go in and plead the fifth. He doesn't even want you to send him anything. And we saw that, you know, after Mark Meadows got yeah. clearly reprimanded for sending over a few documents. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I don't know if she'll turn on her father. That is a very weird um, relationship. Yes. Well, and uh, you're right. Like the one six committee, she would have no reason to flip because she's not going to be facing jail time or anything because of that. But as you mentioned, when we talked the other day on your podcast that, um, how, how did you say it? Like if, if somebody pleads the fifth in a civil case, then mm-hmm. goes over to the criminal case, and then they can say, okay, well, you clearly have something to hide because you pleaded the fifth. As far as Ivanka's concerned, um, you know, they, with the information that they're going to be getting um, from, what is it, from the ar- archives, they might have mm-hmm. something, you know, c- because the Supreme Court said, yeah, go ahead and use that. They might have something that she realizes could be sent over for criminal referral on her behalf, and therefore she agrees to, I don't know, you know, like she agrees to work with him for that reason. I don't know. And obviously none of us know, but it certainly is kind of an interesting consideration. Yeah. And, and I don't know what she's, you know, uh, culpable for or what you right. can prove criminal intent for other than 
knowing a felony was happening and not telling anyone, but yeah. you know, they rarely go after that misprision of a felony. Right. But yeah, what you're, when you're talking about pleading the fifth in a civil case, that's up at, uh, for the New York attorney general and that can be used against you in a civil case. Uh, it cannot be used against you in, in a criminal in a criminal. Case, because okay, otherwise right. what's the point? What's right. The right. Point right. of pleading the fifth. But you know, the, the interesting thing is, is I mean, I think people like Ivanka, Ivanka, um, I keep calling her Ivanka, and that's not it. It's Ivanka. Uh, <laughs> Ivanka um, Pence, uh, and uh, maybe even Bill Barr, who bowed mm-hmm. out before any of this shit went down. I think folks like that could could be granted immunity in mm-hmm. order to to be given to give their full testimony of what went down. Would right. would she do it against her her own father? She's facing that not only with the January 6th committee, but potentially with the Department of Justice mm-hmm. for 1-6, mm-hmm. because they've already started getting those National Archives mm-hmm. um, records. And and then this, com- this letter comes out this morning to Ivanka that they want to discuss things <laughs> with her. And then we also have to remember, because the Supreme Court decided that, that Trump has zero privilege here, mm-hmm that that sort of frees up the Department of Justice uh, to indict folks like Mark Meadows, where they might have been like, he might have claims to privilege. He right. doesn't, but it would right. be a harder, it'd be harder case for them than like Bannon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, and now maybe we see the floodgates open and we see the committee start um, going after people who were in the room, like, like Ivanka, uh, because now we know, and the Supreme Court has said, you have no privilege claims. And, and mm-hmm. so we might be seeing we could see a subpoena uh, of Ivanka Trump if she decides not to cooperate and she could be held in contempt if she defies it. But again, and you and I have talked about this, this is the committee. The mm-hmm. point isn't to mm-hmm. put people in jail. Mm-hmm. The point is to tell the story of what happened yes. on January 6th. And you don't necessarily need they have the evidence mm-hmm. that they're going to question Ivanka about and can they can present it. They don't need her to come on and tell everybody. That would be very damning and amazing, mm-hmm. but but it's not necessary. What needs to happen is the Department of Justice needs to subpoena these folks. That's what that's what needs to happen. And so far, we don't have any indication of that. But it also mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that it hasn't happened because mm-hmm. we didn't know about all the people subpoenaed in the, the Bannon indictment mm-hmm. thing. All the people brought before the grand jury and the Tom Barrick thing. The Rudy raid was a surprise to mm-hmm. us. This mm-hmm. DOJ is very very tight lipped. Yeah. And well, well, you know, there's also the okay. Maybe she's not necessarily going going to flip on her father because of the one six stuff. But then there's the Letitia James stuff, and you know, they're all involved in this. And I don't know. I I, you know, again, I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know how Letitia is moving along. And this is a civil case. Um, But then there's also the federal case. There's the criminal case. And they're working together. And so maybe if Ivanka sits down with whatever that guy's name is who escapes me right now for the criminal thing in New York, um, you know, she might flip just in order to... Because I could see her going against her family for a number of reasons. She, you know, that whole family is obviously in it for themselves. They need each other at this point. But I think if they see another part of, you know, if they see that the party, I mean the party, the family is rotting and is in big fucking trouble, I know she sets herself apart from them. I think she believes she's more intelligent than, than they are. And she, she would never go to one of Trump's rallies, whereas obviously both of his sons have gone to the rallies. And, and you know, she doesn't want to have anything to do with the mega crowd. 
she always considered herself kind of, you know, like the liberal elitist type. And now she's stuck with this crowd that is nothing like her. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she does not want to associate with those people. And so, you know, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens, whether it's one six or with this, with this, uh, all this fucking damning stuff coming out of New York. Boy, this is exciting. And you're, you, you did all these threads yesterday, these long ass <laughs> threads on uh, what Letitia James is, is, has collected what she's doing. Can you kind of just go over the, you know, the basics of that to fill everybody in who's not familiar at this point? Well, sure. Let me, let me tell you about that. But I first want to respond to the, okay. the Ivanka thing in New York. She and her brothers, are likely more criminally culpable and have more evidence against them than their father because their father doesn't write anything down. And they, they have cell right. phones, they have yeah. signal, they have email. So I imagine a scenario in the Manhattan District Attorney's Office where they've got that kind of evidence to charge the kids but not the dad mm-hmm. mm. and see if they can use the, the you know, because mm-hmm. I don't think... I mean, I, whether Ivanka works with the January 6th committee or not, I don't know. But mm-hmm. I don't think that any of those kids are willing to go to jail for their five. Right, right. So, and if they have things that they can charge, if they have things that they can press them with, mm-hmm. we'll have to see. Now, as far as the threads yesterday from the New York attorneys, it was three threads. Each one was about 20 yeah. tweets long. <laughs> I was trudging through this document. It's 115 pages. And basically... She says, hey, um, Donald, the dad, and Junior and Ivanka uh, don't want to come in and test. They filed a motion to quash my subpoena. So in response, my motion to deny their motion to quash the subpoena and compel their testimony, uh, I, we, were doing our, we were doing our investigation out of the public eye. But since they've opened their big mouth, <laughs> I feel now compelled to tell you where we're at with the investigation. Mm-hmm. So I have seven things I can tell you about without, without jeopardizing the investigation. I think she picked these seven things because Manhattan DAs already got all the information mm-hmm. that in those seven things. So she's not, she's not stepping on them. That's like one of the big things, right? Like you don't talk about stuff and it, they're working together very closely you don't talk about stuff and, and witnesses that you that you have testified for you but haven't testified for him you wait until mm-hmm. they have that testimony locked down and all the data and all of the evidence locked down so those seven things all seven things that she put out there are have to be stuff that the manhattan da already has and that's a uh, alvin bragg used to be Cy Vance. Mm-hmm. now what she went through is she goes there's lots more we're investigating that i can't tell you about but since they open their mouth. I'm going to tell you where I'm at in this investigation with these seven things. And those seven things are a lot. It's like, you know, how your <laughs> professor is like, we've got a five-question test today, but right. each question has six parts. Right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So some of the main highlights, yeah. um, Weisselberg ad- admitted to overvaluing uh, Trump's apartment by give or take $200 million. <laughs> drop in the bucket. Couch change for these people. Right. Um, they talked about Ivanka being mm-hmm. offered to purchase a, 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 an apartment for $8.5 million. That's what they're going to sell it to her for. But then they turn around on their annual financial conditions report, which is what they send out to lenders to get money and Forbes to sound rich. They put on that report that the apartment's worth $32 million. Mm-hmm. You know, like absolutely ridiculous markups. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Then they have uh, some not only estate fraud, but federal tax fraud with something called Seven Springs Estates, which we've been talking about on, you know, on our show for a, a very long time because that's what's called a conservation easement. And basically, what that says is, I've got some land. I could develop it later. I could build some luxury homes on it. Right now, it's worth, you know, $50 million. Mm-hmm. But if I built these houses, it would be worth $291 million. Right. And wh- where did you get that assessment? Well, I, I had a call with Eric Trump, you know, who just decided. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then, in fact, when they get the appraisal for what it would be worth if they developed it, it was $56 million. Yeah. Still nowhere near $300 million. Mm-hmm. And so that leaves you – because if you – you can get a tax break on what you haven't developed, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that leaves a big, giant – door open for fraud like let's say i bought devin nunez's farm for six you know for 65 dollars and i said hey i'm going to develop this farm later and it's going to be worth a billion dollars <laughs> yeah, right. so a billion <laughs> minus 65 dollars i can take that as a write-off but yeah. i don't have actual any actual plans to develop it nor would if developed would it be worth anything like near there mm-hmm. and be defrauding yeah. He's falsifying business documents and defrauding the, the taxpayers, both federally and in the state of New York. And so that's just one property. Mm-hmm. He's done this mm-hmm. on easements with other properties, uh, conservation easements with other properties. And then he does this liquidity thing where he takes, like, when he when he actually ends up getting appraisals and finds out that his shit's not worth shit, he's like, oh, shit, well, I can't keep it on the books. I'm going to move it over into something called general real estate file where I don't have to tell you where every single golf course, what, what they're worth. I can mm-hmm. just add all up sort of, and I'm going to drop, uh, another golf course in there that $8 for, but actually I'm going to say it's worth $190 million. The fact that the other thing went down in value. So he's hiding assets for the tax man. Yeah. But then when he reports it on his annual financial condition report, through Mazars, which is why those Mazars documents are mm-hmm. so important. He said, oh, it's worth, it's worth, you know, $600 million, $600 million, probably. <laughs> Who told you that? Outside professional. I had a, I had an outside professional. And then and the, James goes, we couldn't locate one single outside professional. That, so we only have the actual appraisal that you got, and it says it's worth like $9. So, yeah. you know, there's all sorts of evidence there. But uh, they, they definitely want to compel his testimony. But that, it's... That was that that filing, and I think I told you this um, when you were on my show yesterday or a couple of days ago. Normally, I go through a filing like that. I find like two things, mm-hmm. and I'm like, these are the two things. Right, right, but right. But every single paragraph <laughs> was a thing. Yeah. There was wall-to-wall crime. (laughs) And then also, they they do this so they can go borrow money against that. And so banks don't want to give them money now. So, you know, I mean, I think that's been around for – that idea has been around for a while that they don't want to do business with Donald Trump. But now they're seeing what's happening, and everybody understands exactly what's happening. So that's going to hurt them. And then, you know what, I've got (laughs) to – I want to take a real quick break, and then we'll just be right back. Hey, this is Kimberly. Real quick, if you're not already a patron of the show, please check out patreon.com slash startmeup. You'll see all the different tier options. I would really appreciate it if you check them out and become my patron. You'll have my undying gratitude. Thanks so much. Okay, so we're back and 
I mean, there's just so much fucking going on because today I'm going to go, I have to go get it, but the Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis is requesting a special grand jury to aid in her investigation of former President Donald Trump and his efforts to overturn the Georgia's 2020 election. So there's that going on too. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, when, when we're talking, I know I'm skipping all around, there's just so much fucking stuff and there's so much time. When, when we're talking about Donald Trump, you know, Michael, we all know Michael Cohen said he talks in code. And, you know, it would be a real shame if your wife were to get hurt if X were to happen, which doesn't necessarily put him at the uh, center of the crime. Um, just because of the way he speaks and what he does, he's very mobster. So in this situation, in, in the Fulton County situation, we have him on the phone with Raffsenberger saying you need to find these 11,000 votes or something like that. Do you think that 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 phone call is enough to to get him to indict him and well or let me let me <clears throat> to indict maybe but do you think prosecutors would feel like they could get a conviction with that yeah i do and and the reason i do is because he said 11,780 um, had had right. he stuck? Because when he er, earlier on that call, he said, "I won, I won Georgia by four hundred thousand votes. <laughs> At least he's like four hundred thousand votes." Okay, so you, if it, let's say he truly believes he won Georgia by four hundred thousand votes, let's say he believes that in his head. Let's mm-hmm. say Sidney Powell talked him into it. Let's say Rudy Giuliani talked him into it, and showed him weird graphs of nothing. That you know, here's the proof, sir. If you believe you won by four hundred thousand votes, then what you say is. Find those four hundred thousand votes. Right. You don't. You don't say find, find me 11. just yeah. enough votes. Yeah. And and that is uh, explicitly and precisely against Georgia election interference law. <laughs> it's like it was written. It was like it was written for him. Right. Now Lindsey Graham's a little harder because Lindsey Graham's like we need to compare signatures. We need mm-hmm, to compare mm-hmm. signatures. That that's speech or debate. That could be covered. Who knows? But it could be part of the conspiracy. Now. I think she's got a great case. It's flow going. She did come out and publicly say that she plans on making a charging decision. She estimates she'll have a charging decision by the first half of this year. That's June, folks. Mm-hmm. That's not far away. Yeah. Uh, and that we, we should see a resolution of this of this uh, case by the end of the year. Hmm. Uh, and, again, if she makes a charging decision, we might not know about it until she actually charges or comes out and says she didn't have enough to charge. That's a really fast-moving RICO case if she is, yeah. in fact, Going, going for uh, going for Rico, which she which she has successfully done in the past with the school administrators cheating scandal, um, much less worse than what what, mm-hmm. what happened with <laughs> Donald Trump. Uh, but she's is impaneled a special grand jury. I mean that special grand jury is able to subpoena and they can do fact finding. They are not they are not a body that hands out indictments. Mm-hmm. She already has a grand jury mm-hmm. that can do that. This is one where she's going to subpoena Raffensperger. She's going to subpoena, you know, wow. everybody who's involved. Yeah. And then once she has all of that um, evidence, then she can move forward with building her case. And if she feels like she has a case and weighs it against all of the laws that require you to, you know, make sure that all your T's are crossed and your I's are dotted before you indict, then she would go to a, a grand jury and, and try to get an indictment for what? I don't know. Yeah. For who? I, I think Trump can easily be indicted. Every lawyer I've talked to said that it's that is the most open and shut case for Trump to to be indicted. Probably. Wow, that would be freaking awesome. And then you know he can't afford good lawyers. So even though there are <laughs> you know sometimes 
the lawyers can speak in such a way, find the loopholes, find the ways around the law. He can't even afford, I mean, <laughs> you know, he's got people who takes him in, in, in the land, you know, in front of a landscaping store, Four Seasons Landscaping, because they just can't even <laughs> fucking get that right. So, yeah, I mean, he's not going to have good representation in any of these cases. And so that should be interesting. Let me ask you, because there was a tweet that I saw in your feed that somebody else can't remember who said it, but was it was the idea of if Trump feels that he's in legal trouble, that will make him want to run because he feels he'll, he'll get protection from the pre presidency. Um, now, th th what I want to ask about this is there are two camps out there. There are people who think that if he runs, he's a shoo-in, uh, he's going to get the nomination, and that there's a very strong chance that he could win. There's another camp out there that thinks that he would probably be the worst candidate for the GOP just because we saw what happened to him in 2018 and because 2018 really was a referendum. It was a mandate against Trump. And um, it, 2020, obviously, Republicans didn't want to vote for him. They, they voted for Joe Biden as opposed to just not voting at all. So we know that he already has this record, this track record of losing. Um, but and and so that camp thinks that he he would probably lose if he were to run against Joe Biden. But let's throw in there. So I want to know what you think about if it were Biden v Trump in 2024 and then I want to see what you think if for some reason Ron DeSantis gets the nomination, what kind of chances he would have against Biden? Well, if we don't <clears throat> excuse me, if we don't pass some sort of voter protection laws, the Republican will have a great chance of winning because mm -hmm. Republican state legislatures can throw fake electors yeah. all day. They'll, yeah. they'll be legally able to do that, which they were not legally able to do in 2020. Now, mm -hmm. this is we're talking 2024. Mm -hmm. The only, the only first of all, if he wins, okay, there's only a Department of Justice memo that says you can't indict a sitting president. Okay, and if he wins, we're not going to have a, a friendly AG anyway. So right. it doesn't matter what the DOJ does if Trump wins in 2024. Mm -hmm. The state, Fulton County, uh, and and New York, they don't have a, a memo that says you can't indict a sitting president, nor can he be pardoned for any crimes that he's convicted of in those states. So it's kind of irrelevant. That and we're talking, DOJ has 60 days till 2024 to you know they have that unwritten rule where they don't indict people mm, within mm -hmm. a certain window mm -hmm. and uh and so that's plenty of time mm -hmm. for the department of justice to do what it needs to do uh, i think people are somehow feeling that the clock runs out this november mm -hmm. um it doesn't and you know there there might be a scenario where we win some seats in the senate and lose the house and then yeah we have to listen to fucking jim jordan for two years and and but the committee is going to be done by then well the public hearings will be over it will mm -hmm. have served its purpose any criminal referrals will have been made and the department of justice can't be stopped by congress right they can be mucked up they can throw a bunch of you know like requests for documents at them and stuff mm -hmm. but they don't if they cannot stop a department of justice investigation so trump i can see him wanting to run so that if there are voting rights aren't passed, he can win and then just pardon everybody mm -hmm. and shut down the Department of Justice and yeah. nothing matters. Right. That's Which why is, voting rights are so important. That's why they're so important. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, okay, so let's just say voting rights are passed. And 
Ron DeSantis is the nominee. Do you think he has a shot in hell? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think we'll have a lower turnout than we did Democrats for mm-hmm. the presidential election in mm-hmm. 2024, but I still think it, 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 odds being equal, if, if the thing is run fairly, uh, right. I think the Democrat will win. Not a, not by as much, kind of like Obama. Right. You know, it was a blowout in 08, and it was like mm-hmm. eh, a squeaker in 2012, yeah. but... Uh, well, not a squeaker. He won, but hands down. But so I think what really needs to happen with voting rights is that, you know, Biden has said yesterday, maybe we'll break it up into smaller parts. The first mm-hmm. part is you have to make sure that state legislatures can't overthrow the will of yes. the people and send in electors. That is the number one yes. thing that has to pass. It, absolutely. Oh, my God. Absolutely. We have to get that because it's just it's. It's overwhelming to think about it. I mean, it's at the point where, I mean, I've said this before, but whenever I see Manchin or Cinnamon, I know they're not the only ones, but they're the main ones. Anytime I see Manchin or Cinema, I just, I, I have to fucking mute the television. I can't look at it because I just get so upset. I already know what they're doing. I don't need fuck some MSNBC pundit to tell me what they're doing. I know what they're doing, and it's just so infuriating, and it's awful. You know, and it's funny because people are always saying that, you know, we should not necessarily put all the focus on Manchin and Cinema you know, that it's the Republicans that are blocking it. But unfortunately, we're at a place in time where we have written them off. The Republican Party has to be written off. It's basically just, you know, a bunch of fucking neo-Nazis, fascist white power people who are never going to do the right thing. I'm hoping that somebody like Lisa Murkowski steps up. She did step up for the ACA. And it's funny because you dare to say something like that on Twitter and all you get back is, she won't, she won't. But people forget, she has voted against her own party in the past. And all yeah, of or the- you know what, instead of crying that she won't, why don't you give her office a call and tell her she should? Exactly, exactly. And so, which I have done multiple times and I've tweeted to her. And I, because I think, you know, that she is somebody that does love her country, even though she may have different ideas about how to run it. She is one of those old schoolers. And, you know, people like to speculate, including me, as to why certain Republicans, like Lisa Murkowski, might go along with the bullshit Republican. And, you know, maybe it does have something to do with fear of you know retaliation with trump putting out you know a target on your back i don't know what motivates her i don't know if she's afraid i don't know what her deal is but you know and some people say she should just become a democrat i don't think she wants to become a democrat but i don't care what she wants to do i just want her to fucking give us give us something for the filibuster because yesterday evidently Joe Manchin said that he's not even interested in the talking filibuster which is clearly coke money talking he's getting Republican money and so he's working for them and I mean I think even you retweeted somebody said let's stop focusing on primarying uh, senators who are going to be up in 2024 and you know start getting you know worrying about voting rights now and that's true because we can't Ron Johnson yeah getting getting senators that we can elect in 2022 and and I think that that is my idea. My idea yeah, is right, to right, find right. Republican senators who are retiring in yes, 2022 yes. and get them to vote with us for voting rights. <sighs> what do you, That's what I think. What, do you, what is your gut telling you about this voting, these voting rights bills? <clears throat> I think um, when uh, the J6 committee is done, it's presented its case mm-hmm. and it wants to shore up the Electoral Count Act, perhaps mm-hmm. including a provision that it cannot accept uh, overturned states of electors by state legislators. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
um, th- that perhaps that can get passed hmm. uh, with a couple with a couple of Republicans, maybe ones that are retiring. But mm-hmm. I mean, that's a pretty basic thing. Yeah. Um, and I think that the country, once they see these public hearings, mm-hmm. will want that Electoral Count Act shored up and, hmm. and amended. And that's their legislative purpose anyway. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. their whole purpose. Yeah. And so that's my what I think. That's the least we can do. Okay. Uh, more would be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, don't make it illegal to bring water to people's hands while they're trying to vote. You know, simple shit like that. Stop taking all of the uh, early voting out of districts with predominantly yes. black and brown voters. Stop, you know, stop making, you know, taking polling places mm-hmm. out. <clears throat> um, and we're already seeing the, the negative impacts of, of this. And we're going to have to vote harder. I know that sounds weird. I know, uh, but we we are we aren't going to get our full voting rights package. Uh, I, I still want us to, and I'm still going to fight. Don't get me wrong. Right. But we got to be prepared to overcome these hurdles like we did last time. Vote in numbers too big to manipulate, and and at the same time try to shore up that electoral count act, and and really focus on on getting more seats in the Senate. Now mm-hmm. that's totally useless if we can't hold the house. Mm-hmm. We, we yeah. get 50 or 53 senators. Doesn't matter if we can't right. hold the house, all bills expire. They would have to be re-upped mm-hmm. by the house and we wouldn't have a majority to do that. So yeah. we really have to focus. Uh, and, and I just want everyone to know while I'm going to be fighting my damnedest to hold the house and the Senate, if we lose one or both, that's not quite the end of democracy mm-hmm. this, i think the minute hand ticks closer to midnight if that mm-hmm. happens mm-hmm. but 20 2024 is really what we're looking at one of the things that concerns me is if we do lose the house and like i mean i get what you're saying if we do lose the house and we do lose the senate i'm, I'm fearful that people are just going to you know fold into themselves and feel like it's all worthless and and pointless and hopeless but one of the things that I want to end on today is the idea that I think we are going to be seeing the, the, the wheels of justice turning in somewhere in the Trump family, whether it has to do with RICO charges, whether it has to do with Georgia or 1-6 or any of these, so many possibilities of, of, of indictment or some kind of accountability. Um, and, and I'm wondering if you think that because it will really be devastating. It will be really devastating if, if the House and the Senate goes full red. Um, and I have been seeing, I just want to add this, two people today, just friends of mine, think that the, if we don't pass these bills and get the important things passed, that they're, we're going to see what happened, the same thing is going to happen in 2024 that we, or, I mean, sorry, 2022 that we saw in 2020 where it was like, oh, yeah, you want to keep me from the polls? Well, I'm just going to bend over backwards to make sure my vote is counted. Do you think we're going to see that kind of an attitude in 2022, which is the first part of my last question? <laughs> yeah, I do, because uh, I think a lot of people are forgetting between now and then we're going to hear arguments in the Supreme Court on the Mississippi abortion ban. Right, okay, yeah. And if we as Democrats can rally around this single issue because for decades there were single issue Republican voters to try to ban abortion. Well, guess what? They've handed us this gift. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that because so many women have had their rights stripped. Political. But now it's, now it is our issue. Mm -hmm. It's no longer theirs. Mm -hmm. So 
that's what we need to rally around. That's the message we need to go forward into 2022 with. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And then, and so <laughs> the second part is that if we do lose the House and we lose the Senate, do you think that it will be like the collective attitude toward what will happen in 24 will have some like be uplifted somehow if there is legal accountability in the Trump family? Like, will that carry us through? Uh, without devastating us too much. Uh, legal accountability for the Trump family? Just in any way, in any I, way. I hope I hope so, but I don't think so. Just mm. like I don't think, and I didn't want Democrats to run on Mueller in 2018. Yeah. Um, I don't want them to run on, on who gets arrested in 2022. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's not, that's kind of not the point. It's a weird message. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might give us a little more hope, but I do have to say this, and this might be a little nihilistic and a little more pessimistic than people are used to hearing from me, but if, if we lose one or both of the houses, and, I, and again, I only am saying this in, in a, a hypothetical situation mm-hmm. because I'm going to fight my ass off to make sure right. that we don't, and I'm going to stay positive on that. If we do and people check out and don't vote, yeah. then, and we lose our democracy, then that's on us. I totally it's on agree. A, it's on the voters. Yeah, I totally agree because there is. I did. I did a, a, a thread last night that was not a very. <laughs> I fucked up the title of it, but regardless, the idea is there is no one person. We were saying this with Mueller. You know, it's like Mueller. Although everybody was waiting for Mueller, it's not Mueller that's going to save the country. It's going to be the people who save the country. And I think we just have to keep pushing that out there because when we're feeling down and devastated, I mean, look, right now the Republican Party, the Republican voters, they would have a lot to. There's a lot for them to feel like, oh God, I don't know if we can win. I don't know if we can make this. But they're strong. They are like they're not giving up. And we have to take again. We have to get rid of the fucking Eeyore Dem, and we have to replace it with, look, it's hard and it's tough, but democracy is worth fighting for. It's like you would fight for your house. If if somebody was trying mm-hmm. to get into your house, you would call the police. You would you know you would do what you, you get your baseball bat, whatever it is, to defend your home. You wouldn't just lay there in bed and go, oh well, they're all you know they're all they're almost in the window. Nothing I can do. And, and then and then <laughs> and then blame your neighbor for not stopping them. <laughs> right, exactly. So I you know I mean we've just got to keep fighting, and I hope that I hope you're right that if if we don't get these bills passed, at the very very least. We can do that thing for electors to keep them from overturning a fair election. So fingers crossed. And that's where we're going to end on a fairly kind of hopeful note on your birthday. Um, But this is I think we've got some promising things in the mix. I think there's definitely stuff to be hopeful about. And we've just got to keep plugging. What else can we do? That's exactly it. Uh, um, We have to get the right messaging out and we have to stick together and we have to act like winners because we are winners. And. And, and again, if, if, if you, you know, if you, we get the government we deserve. Yes. A hundred fucking percent. So, all right. Thank you for being on the show. I love talking to you. You have such a cool and unique perspective. Um, obviously, before I let you go, tell everybody where they're going to find you. Everywhere. I'm all I'm like right <laughs> behind you right now. No, uh, <laughs> I'm the host of the Daily Beads podcast, which comes out weekday mornings. I'm also the host of Muller She Wrote, which mm. comes out Sundays. This Sunday I'll be talking to Pete Strzok uh, and uh, also do the MSW Book Club. And right now 
uh, we're covering a book. We're doing a series on a book called Corruptible, Who Gets Power? And it's by uh, Brian Kloss. And I really, if you haven't read it, oh, man, it's so good. You would oh, wow. love it. It's like scientific studies mixed with who gets power mixed with humor. It's wow. amazing. Interesting. Awesome. And everybody, I mean, you're fucking brilliant. So everybody, I'm sure, is already following you. But if they're not following you, go follow her because she's fucking awesome. And, of course, you can find me at Author Kimberly L-E-Y on Twitter. My books are on Amazon. Thank you so much, Allison. Happy birthday, and we'll catch you next time. Sounds good. Bye-bye.